Hi, my name is Rob Butler, uh, World Series champion, born in Toronto, Canada, played for my favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I am one third of this band. I am Mr. Nemo Spruce, aka NWB, and I'm joined by Mr. Justin Williams. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I am living the dream. It's so good to be back in Ontario. How you been, bud? Uh, good to have you back from the prairies. And the other third of this team is Mr. Kobe Durand, aka Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? Fantastic, buddy. Fantastic. Justin, did you ride any horses while you're out there? Uh, no, but I got ridden like a horse. Hey, oh, I tease anyways. This is a fan-friendly show. No surprise there. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, this is uh, over 18 content, but whatever. Uh, this <laughs> this trio is joined by a fourth member who is our guest for today, a special guest. He is a man who is a man about Ontario, and he's here to tell us about a number of different sports. It's Mr. Barry Davis. Barry, how are you doing? I am honored to make up your quadrant. It's who? a pleasure to have you on. And in fact, you're you're part of your own band. You have your own band, correct? I've got I've got three of them actually. Gotta do things to keep myself busy. But yeah, I've got three bands on the go. And thank you for allowing me to plug each one of them. Uh, I have a Tom Petty tribute called We Ain't Petty. We have uh, a tribute to the Cars slash eighties nice. uh, called Driven. And then I have a Beatles duo called Nowhere Man. And uh, you can find us all on social media. So there you go. We'd love to come out your way and play. There we go. Well, we're going to get into that later on. Hold that thought, Barry. But first off, mate, the Leafs. Where do we start with the Leafs? Oh, man. Why? <laughs> so I was born in 1968, in January, meaning I was born just a few months after the Leafs won a Stanley Cup. There you go. So I would say there are very few people on this planet right now who have waited longer than me for it to happen. So as I, you know, from the years that I was working in the media and had to kind of separate myself from being a fan, uh, I, I was just, you know, I was apathetic when it came to that. I, you know, I didn't really care. I never thought of it. But now that I am kind of removed from that, uh, the fan in me has come back and uh, it sucks large, man. Like you, you think this, this could be the year. This is the time they've, you know, they've, they've got everything they need. Uh, if they get past Tampa, then, you know, it's an easier ride all the way through. And then for it to happen the way it did. Yeah. I mean, no, mind you, I don't I don't sulk over it for days and weeks like a lot of fans do. But uh, it hurt for about five minutes. <laughs> Have you met Justin? Justin. <laughs> <laughs> let me introduce you. To, let me introduce myself to you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still bitter about what happened. I mean, I'm not bitter that they lost per se, because I actually bet on that to happen only because what the hell was that playoff format? Can somebody explain to me how that came to be? Hey, you know what? That's, that's one of the first questions I asked Justin too, because I, I kind of separated myself from it for a while, mm. but I mean, to me, you've got your Eastern conference and your Western conference 
one through eight on each side and one versus eight and back and forth. How do you get the two best teams in the Eastern Conference playing each other in round one? It's it's yep. it's there stupid. It's ridiculous. And it was set up for failure because, yo, so I was actually I, I was here in Toronto when Gary Bettman was inaugurated into the Hall of Fame and we booed him. We were throwing things. It was bad. It got so bad, the host had to grab the mic and be like, you know, he's the reason Winnipeg came back. And then one guy was like, he's the fucking reason they left in the first place. So I feel like Gary Bettman is just out to get Toronto ever since that day. And I mean, it's fine. You know, he has Boston by like their respective genitalia anyways. And he's just stroking Boston all the way through. But that is my two cents on Gary Bettman and how I think he's a horrible commissioner. But moving forward for the Leafs themselves, so there's a bit of an issue right now in terms of the cap space. There's no secret, no denying it. The Leafs are going to be doing some type of cap manipulation and or some type of, I don't know, massaging of it. And Kyle Dubas is amazing. dirty. It is. Because they're going to need some dirty money. They're going to have to do something legally illegal. Kind of like how Tampa Bay cheated last year to win the Stanley Cup. But again, that is not not (laughs) my place because Gary Bettman also allowed that. It's coming down to the two things that are really going to bother me right now. The first one is being how much do you think Jack Campbell is going to resign for, number one. And number two, the Leafs cannot afford two forwards in Eli Mikheyev and Pierre Ingvall. If you had to pick, which one would you like to say goodbye to? Well, let me address the goaltending situation first. And, you know... I think what we're seeing right now with Tampa is how important a goalie is. And Jack Campbell was so freaking good in that series. Like mm-hmm. he, he was incredible, but he was the second best goalie in that series. That's right. Yep. So because of that, that's why the Leafs are not in, in the second round. Uh, it's not that he, you know, Campbell didn't do a great job. It's just that Tampa's goalie, you know, Veseleski is just so freaking good. And, He's going to, I bet he leads him to a third straight cup because, you it know, when, like he's in a, when he's playing like that, no one's beating him. So, so that's, that's the goaltending part of it. As far as, you know, which one of those two guys they keep uh, to me, it's like, it's, it's a pick them really. I mean, they both have their, they both have their strengths and they both have their, their things that they need to work on. So you're right. I don't think both of them are coming back, but this is what happens when you build a young team. And, you know, you've got more than one superstar. It, you know, you do a great job drafting and developing players and then you freaking lose them because you can't afford to keep them because of the salary cap. So I'm not a huge salary cap fan. I'm OK with having a luxury tax. But I, I think that in a situation like this, you know, if you do a good job as in, in management you and you have the budget to pay the players then you pay the players, you know, maybe you need to go like what they do in, uh, in European soccer and have uh have the lower, you know, salaried teams relegated, you know? Mm. <laughs> I totally agree. But here's just a quick stat for you before I uh, pass you on to somebody else real quick. Uh, fun fact about the whole series, the Leafs had scored 24 goals while Tampa Bay scored 23, and the shots were 216 for the Leafs and 215 for Tampa Bay. That was a close series. It, yeah. It, so, it could have gone, gone either way, you know? And. I'm convinced the winner of that series is winning the Stanley Cup. Like that's that was my prediction. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, and, and the thing is, the the diehard Leaf fans, though, I mean, it, it, it takes a long time to see the positives, right? Yes. I know. I don't know. Are all three of you guys. Oh Leaf my god! Fans? Yes. Oh, okay. not me. Oh, so sorry. Um, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it it's you know the players are out on the golf course the next day laughing, having a few beers, and doing whatever crazy things they do. And the fans are still at home crying in their blankets, right? So, and mind you, because 
a lot of Leaf fans have been suffering for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years where these players have only been around a couple, right? Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't hurt them mm-hmm. as much as it hurts the fans. Which that makes sense. It does indeed. To comment on a couple of things you said there, Justin. So first of all, you've got a few players willing to take team-friendly contracts. Mm-hmm. That's already started. Yeah, with uh, Mark Giordano. Yeah, yeah, right? It's That's underpaid. But oh, yep. he's happy to be here. Mm-hmm. That's got to happen. Secondly, I mean, if you look at what Tampa Bay's t- done to Florida. <laughs> Decimated. <laughs> right? I mean, losing to them, I think the hard the hard pill to swallow in this case is the fact that we had such a lead mm. and then mm. and then lost it. I think if it wasn't for that, to me it's acceptable anyways, just because you basically have the two best teams going at it. Yeah. One of them's gonna come out on top and and let's bury as like you said it, it's it came down to goaltending. That's all it came down to. And a goaltender that generally doesn't get beat. It's just what it is. Yes. Listen, as disappointing as that was, guys, I was at the TD Garden that fond night when the Leafs had the 4-1 lead heading into the third period against Boston. In fact, I was in Boston with the Jays, and the Jays were having a shitty year, and they wanted some extra bodies at the, the hockey game. So I, they called me away from batting practice to go cover that hockey game. And I didn't have a, a, a lot to do that night, so a lot of it was just kind of you know, helping out. So I'm sitting up in the press box watching this game going 4-1. Here we go. It's happening. And then 4-2. Okay, it's all right. 4-3. Okay, shit. Something's going to happen now. Yeah. There's no way Reimer's going to let in another. Not a chance he can let in another, <laughs> right? And then he lets in another one. Okay, well, it's overtime. Well, now it's, you know. And the thing is, the and I hope you don't mind me sharing this wild, crazy story, but uh, what happens is for the media to get from the press box down to where they do all the interviews, it takes a while. And in Boston, there's this one big freight elevator and you've got like a half an hour. So if the game ends, we got to get down there before the, the press conference to start. So what most of us do is we go down between the third period and overtime. We watch overtime on a TV in, in a media lounge. Mm-hmm. So we all get in the elevator, and as we're going down, we can hear the place erupt. We're like, ah, oh, shit. And sure enough, as we were riding down the elevator, Boston scored. <laughs> so thankfully, I never got to see that goal. And I don't think I've ever seen the replay of the goal. It hurts. It hurts. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really no, sorry. I, but, no, uh, I, I, stories like that, I mean, it's, it's not a great outcome for the Leaf fans, but stories like that are cool. More anecdotes like that are we're, we're cool with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, hmm. there are lots more where that came from. Excellent. Now, Hopefully some, some lift, winning ones, though. Lifting the mood of this conversation. I'm going to so be I honest. I don't have anything uplifting for you guys tonight, man. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he came in with the intent of being... You to talk about the Leafs and the Blue Jays. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know how I'm going to spin any of this shit tonight. So <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, the, the Leafs, the, the, at least the Jays, the Jays are winning. Like, the Jays, the Jays are going back to the playoffs. So that'll be a good story, Hang on, right? what, which year are you referring to? <laughs> party like it's 2015 no um the, the jays do seem like they're on the way to at least a wild card spot i mean 100 wins is probably off the table at the moment but surely in your estimations an 85 to 90 win season is in the range of outcomes barry i mean it, it's still possible and, and i i hate to even look and judge how a team's going to do until we get into the month of june which is getting very close i always feel i need the first two months of the season to kind of get an idea of what, what the team's going to be because you've seen teams get off to an incredible starts in April and part of May and then all of a sudden they come back down to life and 
you know, the one thing about baseball, because they play so many games, very rarely do you see a team that, you know, should have finished near the bottom of the standings end up winning the division. Like Mm -hmm. it's very rare teams that are supposed to win are going to win. And even though you see 10 game win streaks and 10 game losing streaks, it's the teams that can avoid going on a losing streak that ends up having, you know, the most success. And, you know, that's what I, I liked about the first month of the season for the Jays, right? Because they didn't sweep any series. They didn't win more than three in a row, but they won every series. They would take two of three, three of four. Mm-hmm. And you do that over the course of the season, you've got your, your 95, 100 wins, right? Mm-hmm. But then they went on to that losing skid. And the thing that worries me more than anything is the fact that this is a group of all really good hitters for the most part. I mean, one through seven, they're all very, very capable hitters. And the approach right now that you're seeing at the plate, it's it's all about what we didn't think this team was going to be, which is home run or bust. And, you know, swing wildly. It pitches way out of the strike zone. And after two months now of this, you have to look and say, well, okay, these are good hitters. They're not hitting. Do we start looking at the hitting coach? And I think that that's going to be the first fall guy in this if the team mm-hmm. continues to struggle offensively, especially with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's situational hitting. And as, as we speak, I'm watching uh, Tapia strike out with a runner on second base and one out, just swinging wildly at, at, at a pitch, right? So that is the concern, whether they can turn that around. I mean, there's, there's still definitely time. And if you remember 2015, and people that it's so funny because social media, you see so many people that have given up this team. This, they're done. Fire the manager, fire this, fire that. It's like, do you guys remember 2015 when they were, you know, a game under 500 at the all-star break and on the trade deadline, they were eight and a half games out of first place. And then they went on and won the division. Now mm-hmm. they're not going to make seven, eight moves like they did then, but it's baseball, man. It's 162. Anything can happen. Absolutely. The hitting is, for me, that's that's like a, the temperature. You get hot, you get cold. I think that will correct itself, particularly as the weather warms up. And also when the MLB decides to change the bowl, because we all know that the bowl is <laughs> messed up right now. Yes, you're chuckling because you know it. You know that uh, Manfred has messed up the bowl. He's doctored it. There's not enough runs. He'll correct that because the TV networks will tell him that, you know, there's not enough runs. I think the Jays will be a beneficiary of that. My concern with the Jays, though, is defensively. It's the fielding miscues and also the bullpen. I'm not sure that Jordan Romano is the guy, even when he's healthy. I think they need a little bit more in those eighth and ninth innings. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a lot lot to inhale there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as far as the, uh, the Blue Jays' defense goes, yeah, you know, a lot of people looking at the errors that Bo Bichette has made this year. And my biggest concern with Bo Bichette is that the struggles he was having at the plate were sticking with him and he was taking him into the field because the mistakes he has been making, especially the bad throws, he knows how to throw the ball to first base, right? He's been doing it, you know, as long as he's been playing baseball. So when you see that, it reminds me of a guy named Chuck Knobloch who played, he was a great second baseman, uh, you know, about 20, 20 years ago or so. And then he developed the yips and he could no longer make the throw to first base. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion had that issue when he was the third mm-hmm. baseman for the Jays, right? It's not, and I've seen Edwin make that throw. He can make that throw, but it gets into your head, and all of a sudden you believe you can't do it. I hope that Bo figures this out. He's a young enough player, and he's so talented, and he you know, comes from a baseball background. Hopefully he gets this figured out. But, yeah, the defense has had some issues. 
you know, that, that was supposed to be one of the huge, huge, you know, benefits of this team was, was that they were going to be able to get these big outs in the field. Uh, I have to say Espinal has been really surprising and I'm so happy for what he's done this year. I mean, nobody saw this guy hitting close to 300 and playing the way he has. Absolutely. He's, he's pushed Kevin Biggio out of the oh, <laughs> regular starting yeah. role. Yeah, so we're just going to quickly jump back to uh, Bo Bichette for a quick thing. My Oma, who's been a fan of the Blue Jays since she came over to Canada during a long time ago. Uh, oh, where is she from? She's from Germany. Come on, you got to share. Okay. Yeah, so she came over during the war, and uh, she found solace and peace in watching baseball whenever it was on. It was just like a nice cool. thing and at that point, because it, it, this is a little sad and kind of touchy, but uh, a lot of people hated Germans, especially when they came over because of the war. Uh, mm-hmm. But she said playing baseball nobody was racist they were just playing and it was it was nice so and that's cool. uh, she really that's a, that's a good story man thank you thank you so she really takes it and really enjoys it a lot and we go every year at least once one game but she's thoroughly convinced that boba shet with his long hair is going to get a l'oreal deal very soon for shampoo products <laughs> and i just want to know what you think of that <laughs> yeah i think l'oreal might be a good one usually it's the head and shoulders that do the baseball players but uh you know either way i, I think yeah <laughs> He's got a nice flow, man. <laughs> I had a flow like that when I was his age too, believe it or not. Did you? Oh, damn. What oh, happened? Yeah. Why'd you that change it? That was the 80s mm-hmm. well, because, you know, I, I, I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> in, in 1984, man, it looked pretty damn good, I gotta say. I totally would agree. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at New Smile. Just use the code PROSPORTS to get $150 off any of their teeth aligning kits. So turn up the dial on your smile with New Smile. Now on to the show. So another quick thing about you, the kind of steering away from the Blue Jays in general, but more or less still in the MLB world of Canadian baseball. Um, mm-hmm. Whispers and rumors for the past couple of years have been circulating about Montreal Expos making a, uh, a return. Uh, whether that be true or not is kind of whatever, but there was a bit of a time where they were thinking about doing a split season with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, or I guess Tampa Bay Rays, I should say, and the Montreal Expos. So it'd be the Montreal Tampa Bay X-Rays. <laughs> oh, I like that. Very clever. Yeah, I thought it was- I thought it was pretty interesting too. Do you feel like Montreal has the city and capacity to support another team or a team yes. coming back? You yes, do? yes, yes, yes. Why? I think 100% uh, Montreal could be baseball home. Why? Because even the dogs in my neighborhood love them. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, see? <No. laughs> Listen, the, the Expos did not leave Montreal because they didn't have fans. They left Montreal because their owner was a piece of crap and he destroyed the franchise. And uh, that was a big part of it. And they needed a decent stadium. I've been to the Big O many times and have watched baseball in there when the Jays have played the Expos and, and, and when they've you know played their preseason games. I don't want to date myself too much, but I have seen them play the Expos. It's a dump. It's, it's horrible. Um, you know, people can say what they want about Rogers Center, but when it is full, it's, it's a pretty amazing stadium. And I've even been to the Trop during the playoffs when it was full, and it was okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was okay, right? But, but Montreal, I'm sorry, that stadium, is, it was horrible, horrible. And they needed to build something, uh, an outdoor stadium with a retractable roof, real grass type of thing. And if they do that, and they get a team, 100% people will go. Oh, they will draw more than a lot of teams that are currently in the major leagues right now that shouldn't have teams, including those Tampa Bay Rays. There we go. There we go. Yeah. And finally, just on a bit of a uh, a what-if situation. So let's assume that Montreal comes back and they're doing well. Do you feel like uh, Vancouver would poke its ugly head in and be like, hey, let's... Uh... I don't think so. You know, 
there are baseball fans in Vancouver, but honestly, it's NHL, CFL. You know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of interest. And, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There could be people listening to this show from BC saying that you're an asshole, Davis. It's a great place for <laughs> baseball. But no, I, I don't I, I don't see uh, I don't see it happening. I mean, to be honest with you, people in Vancouver love the Blue Jays, right? The, the people that are baseball fans in Vancouver, they love the Jays. You know, I've seen them travel, you know, down to Seattle every time the Jays yeah. come to go there, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay. Um, but Montreal for sure, 100% perfect i had no idea all right yeah i would say if they're not jays fans they're mariners fans pretty right. much it's, it's oh yeah for sure. yep. super accessible mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now barry you spent a fair amount of time with sportsnet yes sir why did you leave them whoa good question <laughs> uh, i'm gonna give you the answer that i have given uh many occasions okay and it's basically after the 2016 season, they decided they wanted to do something different with the broadcast, and they offered me another job at Sportsnet, and I turned it down, and I decided that I wanted to uh, try something new. And, and quite honestly, guys, I'd been on the road for so many years, uh, you know, over 20 years that I'd been, you know, spending 150 plus days away from my home, and kind of got tired of not knowing who my family was and just decided I needed a bit of a break. So I thought, you know, I'll take a year off and just see what life is like outside of this and then I'll get back into it. And I you know I started up my own podcast and got myself back into doing music and was really enjoying life. And, uh, you know, nothing ever really came up. You know, I, I made a, I did a, did a few little freelance radio things here and there, but at the end of the day, I was just kind of happy to not have the stress of it. And listen, it was a dream job. It was couldn't ask for a better, a better way to make a living for for quite a few years. And I got to see and experience some things that I will never ever forget. But like anything, the time comes. That, you know, you need a change, and I kind of needed a change. And they probably wanted a change, and you know, whatever they decided to do, good for them. And uh, you know, we I still have a lot of friends over there, but. Uh, no, I'm, I, I like being a fan now. I like being on the outside. I like being able to watch it when I want to watch it and not have to watch it. You know, mm -hmm. it became became my work. I, you know, it no longer was was my passion. No longer could I, you know, a lot of people got a chance to see there was that little 12-year-old fan in me when Jose Bautista hit that big home run. I was in the camera bay, and if you watch the video, you can see this idiot in the suit jumping for a second and then quickly <laughs> regathering himself, going, oh, you're not allowed to be doing that. You're a reporter wearing a suit. So I gathered myself real quickly. But see, And I really loved doing the – I did the podcast for about five years and uh, had a chance to, to have great in-depth conversations with a lot of these former Blue Jays Mm -hmm. that when I was at Sportsnet, you know, you're only given this little three-minute window. So uh, I've always liked to dig into what people are about on the inside and not just them as ballplayers, but who they are as people, right? And you really mm -hmm. never had the chance to do that on the broadcast, but I can do that uh, with the podcast. So I've had, you know, tons and tons of guys on that have, uh, you know, really opened up and, and it's been great. So uh, I got my little fix of wanting to you know, chat with athletes and talk sports and, uh, you know, doing a podcast like yours too. All right. Awesome. And, <laughs> and I, I got to ask, so a, a two person Beatles tribute band. Yes. So w what Beatles are you leaving out here? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's funny because we're actually, 
thanks to modern technology, we're joined by real Beatles in a lot of our songs. So we're able to, because there's just two of us, both of us playing guitar and singing. Okay. So there are some songs where you, you need some drums and bass. So thankfully you can actually get the actual stripped down tracks of, so when we play come together, we're playing with Ringo's drums and McCartney's bass and we're adding our own stuff to it. Right. So right on. it gets people up dancing. So yeah, it's actually pretty cool. So, uh, you know, we run the gamut with, uh, you know, I've been a Beatles fan my whole life. So this is, this is easy and hard for me. Easy that, you know, it's just a dream being up there in front of people playing these songs that I grew up listening to and hard because you want to do them justice. And, you know, people can be very judgy when it comes to that. If you don't play something right. Of course. One of the other hard things is picking songs because I want to do like 300 songs and we can only do 45 nights. So which is still a lot of freaking songs to do in a night. But yeah, so I, that's uh, that, that's my happy place now getting up on stage and making music. And and who does the Rick Ocasek? Oh, I do. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, judging by your picture, Actually, I don't, I, I don't uh, see it. I sing. I, which picture? Do you have a picture <laughs> of my band? <laughs> maybe okay, maybe you I've got the wrong picture. Of, are you are you looking at uh, yeah you guys like my god you guys are sick anyway so yeah <laughs> it's research Barry. it's research <laughs> professional stalking yeah get, always always good to research during during the interview right guys <laughs> oh so it's just, 100% just, just google do you have do you have a google machine in front of you unfortunately <laughs> not i well justin will for sure hey what's oh up my goodness <laughs> Uh, so I'm a Cars fan, so no, I just I, I has had to ask. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I sing the Benjamin Orr stuff too. Right on. And if anybody complains, I'll say, well, they performed and Rick Ocasek saying everything when Benjamin Orr was dead. So, and now they're both dead. So, what does it matter? Because now that now we've got you. Yeah. Well, now you got to look up. Now you got to look up the band. And how do often that. do you play? And is there a particular location that you play a lot at? Uh well, we're playing this Friday at a rib festival in Brampton. My apologies. And then my. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, <laughs> then Sunday, my Petty Band is playing in Barrie at a festival. the The Cars Band's only been around for a short time, and we ended up having to replace two of our members during COVID. All right, let's talk more about what we're talking about. Yeah, so, so <laughs> drop, drop, be asking me the questions. Remember? Yeah, yeah, drop another story. <laughs> drop another anecdote, like the one from before in Boston. What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Give me a request, and I'll, I'll play it for you. Another base. A give me a year. Story this time. Give, give me a year. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, because I'm actually I, I'm in the process of writing a book with all these kind of wild stories, right? 2017. Yes. <laughs> so um, why don't I give you one from the night the Jays clinched uh, playoff spot in Baltimore, and they had this big, huge bash going on in their clubhouse, mm-hmm. and you know I'm doing all my interviews afterwards, and Mark Burley decided it would be funny to pick me up and dumped me into this big laundry tub that was full of ice and and beer right mm-hmm. so what he doesn't realize is that i'm actually live on the air at the time so i've got this thing plugged into my ear and i've got a microphone wired on my hand so he dumps me in there and i'm for a second think i'm going to get electrocuted yeah mm-hmm. and latroy hawkins thought i was going to get electrocuted so he runs past a bunch of people and pulls me out and but then i'm drenched for the rest of the night so I pretty much had to kind of strip down into sweats and mm-hmm. I finished doing all my interviews and I'm getting ready to get in my shirt and tie and my, my, my really nice leather shoes. And I can't find them. Where, where are my shoes? I'm looking all over the place. And by this time, all the players are gone. 
and the clubhouse attendants are trying to clean up and stuff because it's a big mess. And finally, they dump this garbage pail, and in the garbage pail were my shoes. So turned out Bert Burley did that too. Great. Did, but, did he hook uh, you up with a new pair of shoes? <laughs> fuck no. In fact, he, he <laughs> told me he was, gonna, he was supposed to pay for my dry cleaning too, and he never did. Oh, my bastard. Yeah. I know. Oh. I know. Muninori Kawasaki forgets to, how to speak English when he's drunk. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even surprised, actually. You know what? He, uh, he and Joe Biagini were two of my favorite people to ever deal with on that team just because they were just so unique and so real. And everyone asks if that's a, that was an act they put on. And with Biagini, no, that's just Joe. Uh, with Kawasaki, mm-hmm. a little bit was, was, was an act. You know, he liked, he liked to try to be funny. But it didn't go over well at home. He always would tell me that his parents would get so mad at him for being funny on TV. Jeez. Bring, bring yeah. shame to the family yeah. name. You know what? He wasn't he wasn't a, the greatest ball player in the world, but he was so well-loved in that clubhouse, man. All the players loved him. The positivity that he brought. And even when he went to the Cubs, he didn't make the postseason roster, but they had him in the dugout in uniform every game. I mean, you want to call him a glorified mascot, go ahead, but... I mean, he was really good for the the clubhouse environment. Yeah, no doubt. So just another quick question for you. I hear Jerry D is huge in the uh, sports world. Is, is that uh, is that kind of true? He's the same height as he is in the entertainment world. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So you, you've met him, I'm imagining? Oh, yeah. I know, I've known Jerry for years. We I met him as he was working as a sports reporter. And I remember the first time being you know in in a media scrum afterwards and we're all asking serious questions to like a leaf player like you know this is the eighth game in a row you've lost how do you overcome it blah 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 and someone else will ask you know so is the coach going to make some changes and jerry d would be like so you walk into a bar what's the first thing that you think of and i'm like who is this freaking guy and then i realize he's actually really funny and players love love doing bits with him because it was different than what they were used to and i think a lot of times Mm -hmm. that's what what they love, you know, they don't want to be asked every single day about, you know, why they're playing the way they're playing and what they need to do different. And, you know, it gets, gets a little bit boring after a while. So Jerry, Jerry was great for that. Why do you ask, by the way? Because, uh, because I'm a stand up comedian and I've worked with Jerry at Yuck Yucks before. Oh, no way. And, yep. Okay. Wait, I gotta, okay, Barry, I gotta bring this up. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't help it. So whenever I look somebody up, the first thing I do is I check Wikipedia. Because reliable sources. Right, of mm-hmm. course, right. I mean, there's 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 no misinformation on Wikipedia, so you got to check that. Never first. once, and I, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. But when I'm reading your your Wikipedia page, there's one part in it that that kind of cracks me up. Now, Uh-oh. did you did you add anything to your own Wikipedia no, page? No, I didn't even know I had a Wikipedia page. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, only, I, only Google, I only Google myself for photos. Hey, I look good in that one. Oh, what was I thinking that day? You, you do look young, Barry. I'm going to ban that one. <laughs> so anyway, say, so I mean, there's hang a part. On, hang on, hang on. Someone say I look young. Did I hear? Yes, that, that was me. I, I put my hand up to that. Yes. How do you? Hang on. How do you know how old I am? Wikipedia, Wikipedia mate. <laughs> I could be tw- I could be 22, and I I actually look like shit. So, no, as Justin said, Wikipedia doesn't Wik- lie. Wikipedia, right? <laughs> okay. So, okay. Never. So, what do Wikipedia say? Okay, so basically, Wikipedia's got you know your birth date, the fact that you were born in Florida, which which surprised me. Okay, right? Yeah. And then it goes so on, that. and it gets it gets into your <laughs> broadcasting career. So it's like broadcasting career, 1992, whatever. CJCL, now the fan, uh, Sportsnet, 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 and then it gets to the next paragraph. Mm-hmm. 
And it says in 2017, I've, I've got it. I brought it up now for this. In 2017, Davis left Sportsnet to pursue quote unquote new and exciting opportunities. <laughs> okay. <laughs> quote unquote. Okay. So I'm like, who, who did, did Sportsnet put that in? Were they bitter or something? And like, <laughs> new and, you know what? New, new and exciting activities means I was fired and I wasn't fired. So mm-hmm. it, I was actually going to pursue old and boring activities. (laughs) (laughs) That was the plan. Right. But the fact that it was in quotes, it just, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've interviewed so many people, right? I got to find out who put that page up and you know, they've misquoted me. (laughs) That's a travesty of it all. And that's the first time I've seen anything like that in quotes. It just, it shocked me. I'm like, that's a new one. That is a new one. Someone's better. Uh, you know, when your back's up against the wall, you answer things, you know, because, you know, you're a team. It's 100% effort all the time, right? Now, it doesn't have your height in here, so how tall are you? Uh, I am under 6'10 and above 4'11. Okay, I'll update the page. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Do you need you need shoe size, waist size? <laughs> oh, they've yeah. got that. They've got Can that. Can we get your wingspan as well? Your wingspan, please. My wingspan? In case you yeah, can't dunk. No, I can't dunk. But I, you know what? You know that uh, you guys mentioned the Jays and the Leafs. Did you know that I spent many years working with the Raptors as well? Eh? No. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Oh. When I was at the fan, I did the, before Eric Smith was there, I was doing the pre and post game show through all the Vince Carter years. And uh, right on. There's actually a really cool piece of video that I, it's out there somewhere. Vince had started to really struggle and he stopped dunking. And uh, in a press conference, I asked him why. He doesn't dunk anymore, and he just says, because I don't want anymore. He goes, why should I dunk? And I said, well, because it you know, you, gives your team an opportunity to score points. And he just looked at me and went, I'm sorry, Barry, I'll try harder. <laughs> so that became my little thing. They used to run that all the time whenever <laughs> I would uh, say something that people didn't like. They'd just run that apology from Vince. But anyway, I got to see the some of those great <laughs> – you know, that great playoff run in Philadelphia that Vince rimmed out on. I yeah. got to see that. So, yeah, there were a lot of cool things I got to do. But I'm happy right now standing in my backyard listening to my next-door neighbor's dog bark and chatting with you guys, which I probably wouldn't be doing if I was still at Sportsnet. So Yay. I tried to be a very mindful person and think about the now. And I look at my life now and the friends and the family that I have around me here. I'm getting all serious now. But, you know, everybody that I've had around me and, and the life that I'm living now and I wouldn't trade it in for the world. I've had people ask me all the time, if you had a chance to go back, they offered you your old job back, would you go? And maybe three, four years ago, I would have said, yeah, 100%. But now I have zero interest in going back into that lifestyle. I, I love where I am right now. And you know, I'm glad I did what I did. I have no regrets. But it's just a uh, you know, new chapter. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah. You're going to do what you love. Do what's right for you. Where can our fans find you, sir? Uh, in my backyard. <laughs> Just vibing out. No, I'm on Twitter at Barry Davis underscore. A 78 year old man has at Barry Davis. He doesn't tweet. He will not give up his handle. So I am underscore. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, you can look up any of the bands on Facebook. We ain't petty or driven or nowhere mm-hmm. men. I think we're on Twitter and all that other stuff too. I don't know what the TikTok's all about. So I'm not on there. Just give you a follow on Twitter. Can I, can I tell you my, my space page? Go ahead. No, it does. I'm, that's, that was a joke because that's from 1990, isn't it? Yeah. I'll BBM you the link, okay? 
All right. <laughs> yeah, Shoot it to me on the BlackBerry. Awesome. Yeah. Now, if you can add me on Google Plus first, that'd be great. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. Where no sport is left behind.